0: Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Find your seats. Good to see all, all the family for Millie May. Thanks for being here. Lance Coles, I see you in the house. Who else, where's the Nolans? The Nolans celebrated 39 years of marriage wow. yesterday. There's Jeff in the back. Susan's around somewhere. Uh, Susan's teaching the class. Oh, there she is right there, right in front of She's teaching the class later today for our luncheon lesson, we, uh, we Believe class. So good to see all of you here. Does anybody know Paul Harvey? Or is anybody old enough to remember the, Paul, the rest of the story? So I just love the way he talked and did a story. So he'd have someone famous, and he wouldn't tell you who he was talking about. He would lead you in a story talking about their life. And then at the end, he would reveal, and this is so-and-so. And now you know. The rest of the story was his thing. If you don't know, go look up Paul Harvey. He's a great communicator, someone who could tell stories. I wish I could tell a story like that. Uh, I wish I was like a good communicator like that. But what I will do is steal his platform, his way. So here goes. There was once a guy, a young man, who received from his father like a job, like the job the father had made. It was like this huge company, like not a mom and pop thing, but like a huge company. Corporation, an empire, you could say. And this young man received that uh, organization from his father who just passed away. And he was wondering, like, what am I going to do? How am I going to fill the shoes of my father? Like, the father was bigger than life, he excelled in all these different fields. I'll compare him to somebody, bear with me, it's a little silly, but Arnold Schwarzenegger, like back in the day, like he was a bodybuilder, getting pumped up, right, that he had a whole career in, thank you, that's good, uh, whole career in bodybuilding. The, the youngest ever to win Mr. Olympian, and then back to back to back to back Mr. Olympians. And then it's like, it, as if that career wasn't enough to excel, he switches careers to acting and becomes like uh, an actor, a blockbuster hit, like all through the 80s. I remember as a kid uh, getting to watch some of his movies that weren't too violent. And it's like, wow, this guy made it. He's got his hands in the, what's the, the Hollywood uh, Thing. And he's like, he's made it in that career. So he made it in one career, switches careers, makes it in that career. Then, as many of you know, he switches careers again. He's a politician. He becomes the governor of California, he's the (laughs) governor, And just, it's a silly comparison to the guy that I'm talking about, father. But imagine like if your father was uh, like that big, larger than life, excelling in all these arts and politics, larger than life. And now you have to fill those shoes. And there's like family strife going on. It's a large family. Uh, Another son of the father tried to, while the father was still living, to grab the power and kind of get the company away from the father and there was like a fight in between like some of the father's guys and this guy's guys and like a bizarre accident happened and he accidentally like died in this struggle trying to grab the father's power. And so here this son is and he's not even the oldest. In fact, his story is that his father, although a godly, godly man, made a series of horrible decisions, had an affair and a mistress. And so this son that we're now talking about came from that uh, mistress. So he's he's like, could be considered by the family and by this company. Like, why does this guy get to be the boss now? Who is this guy anyways? And this guy, the son, is a man of God as well. And so he begins to pray. And he asked the Lord, like, for help. And the Lord appears to him in a dream. It's a very famous story. And says, I'll give you whatever you want. And so this young man, he prays and he asks for? You all know who it is. It's Solomon. And now you know the rest of the story. So we're talking about the father's King David. The mother's Bathsheba. And here Solomon is filling these shoes of his father and like trying to, like, how do you do this? He prays for wisdom, he gets wisdom, and then we find out later that he becomes so wise, he writes a book called Proverbs We have this book and this is what we're going to be in. This series that we're just starting today is on the book of Proverbs. It'll take us all through the summer. So would you stand with me as we read Proverbs chapter one, verse one, one through nine. It says this, it says the Proverbs of of King Solomon, King David's son, their purpose is to teach wisdom, and discipline to help one understand wise sayings. They provide insightful instruction, which is righteous, just, and full of integrity. They make the naive mature, the young knowledgeable and discreet. The wise hear them and grow in wisdom. And those with understanding gain guidance." (laughs) They help one understand proverbs and difficult sayings, the words of the wise and their puzzles. Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. It says, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Do not neglect your mother's teaching. They're like a graceful wreath around your head and like beads for your neck. Let's thank the Lord for this. Lord, we thank you for for wisdom, to be able to study a book that's all about your wisdom and your ways on this earth, that, Lord, we could align ourselves with your wisdom. Lord, that is our prayer this morning. Help us open our eyes to understand you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people. shouted, Amen. 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 You may be seated. I have, uh, let's talk a little bit more about this guy, King Solomon. My first point, I've worded it like this, that Solomon's wisdom is insightful instruction. It's not just his wisdom, it's the Lord's wisdom given to King Solomon because it starts off, the, the, the wisdom, the Proverbs of Solomon, King David's son from Israel, their purpose is to teach wisdom and discipline to help one understand wise sayings. And what do they do? They provide insightful instruction, which is righteous, just, and full Integrity. We find out in the story of King Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 4 that he had over 3,000 proverbs, these statements of wisdom, the Lord's wisdom and all its infinite power. It's given through Solomon in all of these sayings. He has 3,000 of them. The book of Proverbs is just 800. So, this book of Proverbs is maybe the best of uh, the Proverbs of Solomon. This story that I referred to before is where, uh, if you look at 1 Kings chapter 3, we'll put this up, um, chapter 3, verse 4, it says, the king, this is Solomon, went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place, and Solomon there offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. Of course, the most holy place would be the temple built in Jerusalem, but is it built Yet. Not yet. This is the beginning of Solomon's reign. He will later build the temple that will be in Jerusalem. But for right now, the most holy place is Gibeon. He goes there to worship the Lord, has this huge sacrifice. Back in the Old Testament, people would sacrifice animals, all this uh, wealth, the animals and the sacrifice and the blood, this covenant, sacrificing to the Lord. And at Gibeon, this place after Solomon made this sacrifice, appeared to Solomon. The Lord appeared to him in a dream, and God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you, and it'll be done. Can you imagine being asked by the Lord, what do you want, Lord? Uh, Ask like you, like what do you want of me, the Lord? Think about that. I think about at different points in my life, like maybe graduating college or just certain turning points in my life where I felt like, looking back, very grateful, very blessed in my life that, looking back, like, man, I had a couple different ways I could have picked. And they were all holy. They were all good choices. It was a blessing of the Lord at certain points in my life. Maybe you've experienced that. And I have had senses where the Lord was like, Joe, which one do you want? What what do you want to do? Like, what a wonderful thing to be, like, in this relationship with, uh, with the Lord, where King Solomon is asked of the Lord, what do you want, Solomon? I remember reading this, Uh, So this is the Bible. Toddler's Bible, lots of pictures. This is the part where uh, uh, we taught that's King Solomon. There, there's the pictures. I could be like a teacher and hold it up for everyone. Uh, this is the Bible that uh, Jay has read. This Bible, Rowan has read. This Bible. Little Max, he's in. He's going into first grade now, so he's a really big boy. He's reading this Bible. It's uh, it's worn out, falling apart, which which is good for a Bible to be, because there's that saying. You know, if if you the person who owns a Bible that's worn out and falling apart is usually the kind of person that they're. Life is not worn out and falling apart. Amen? Have you heard that before? Because it's, the Bible's getting read. So every day, uh, I have four little boys. I spend time with each little boy. It takes forever every morning and read the Bible with each one. Uh, and, and so uh, I was reading the other day with little Max and we got to the, the King Solomon part. So there's King Solomon. Max is reading along. It says he had a dream. There he is laying down, having a dream. And God says to Solomon, whatever you want. What do you want, Solomon? And I'll give it to you. And so before I turned the page, I asked little Max. I said, Max, what would you ask for if God said you could have anything? And he just sat there for a little while. Was, you could see his little wheels turning and his little head as a little kindergartner. And he said, man, Hershey Kisses taste really good, huh, Dad? I was like, yeah, they do. Is that, is that what you would want? He's like, I don't know. Uh, Skittles, they taste really good, huh, Dad? I was like, is that what you would want? from the, You could have anything. He's like, I don't know. And he named a couple other candies you could think. <laughs> And he's really into candy, as kids are. And uh, he's, I think he must have heard the story before. He, he lists some candies, and then he said, I think the right answer, though, Dad, is wisdom, huh? And I was like, that, that is. Is that what you would pick, Max? And he said, yeah, I would pick wisdom, because then I would get, get, get wise, and I would have my own candy, and then I would, I would know enough to not eat too much candy. Because sometimes I eat too much candy and then I get a tummy ache. And I was like, wow, Max, that's great, good job. Wisdom, yes. Let's ask the Lord for wisdom. And so that's what Solomon does. He asks the Lord for wisdom. And then it says later on, like the Lord adds all these other things to his life, fame, riches, prestige, success, might. He's the most wise person because that's what he asked for. In fact, like other people, like the queen of Sheba, there's the story of wherever Sheba is, comes and visits him just to learn, like, how are you so wise? And they begin to ask him questions. And like, how do you do this? How are you so wise? There's a horrible story. Story in in First Kings that talks about Solomon, uh, and it's a horrible story because we just did a baby dedication. Maybe you know the story, but two women are fighting over a baby. Like this one's mine. No, that baby's mine because unfortunately, like one of the babies had died. So these two women are fighting over the same baby. It's my baby, no, it's my baby. And can you imagine being in the middle of this? Like, whose baby is it? I don't know, Like, it's your, one of your babies, and they're fighting. And like, how do you decide this? It's an important thing. Like, Whoever's mom, you end up giving the baby to the mom, Like, that's a life decision, so we, want, we gotta get this right. And so for whatever reason, this case goes before King Solomon himself. There's a little baby, two moms fighting over the baby, and here's where it gets really dark if you don't know the story. So I, I think it's just a bluff, right? This has gotta be a bluff. Solomon says, bring me a sword. sword. And it's hard, sorry for the. <laughs> we just dedicated a baby. So bring me, a, it's just a bluff. It's just a, cover her ears. Um, <laughs> bring me a sword. Let's cut the baby in half and give you each half. And one of the moms is like, Yeah, let's let's do that. You know, why not? let you just get this thing over with. And maybe just to despite the other mom. And the other mom, the true mom is like, no, 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 no. She can just have the baby. Like, just give her the baby. Don't harm the baby. Don't touch. Just give her the baby. And Solomon's like, That's the one, right? And like, who does, like what a great story, like portraying like the wisdom of the Lord, these riddles, these puzzles in King Solomon. And so we have this book, the book of Proverbs. Before moving on to the next point, I just wanna ask you, have you ever asked the Lord for wisdom? Have you ever sought out wisdom, maybe for a decision in your life? Maybe just in general, like, Lord, give me wisdom. This is a wonderful prayer to pray. And it's, it's something the Lord does give us. In his infinite wisdom, he gives us wisdom. We always, at the end of church service, every Sunday, we, we have a ministry. I will be here, Brett, some other people will be here to pray for you. And maybe some of you at different times in your life have like a decision coming up or something. Uh, you just want wisdom. That's one of the things. Like I'm, we're glad to pray for that. Like, Lord, would you in your infinite wisdom give us the wisdom on how to live our lives today? Point number two is this. As we move on, let's talk about the book of Proverbs itself. The book of Proverbs contains words of the wise. This is right out of uh, verse six of Proverbs one, which we read. These proverbs they help one understand. Proverbs and diff- wisdom helps one understand proverbs and difficult sayings. The words of the wise and their puzzles, they're mysteries, like the, the wisdom of the Lord. It's, it's hard to figure out, but we have these proverbs given to us from the Lord. My thesis is this, that, that God in his infinite wisdom gives us direction on this earth. And oftentimes that comes by ways of of these sayings, like little sayings, it's it's silly to compare this. Bear with me, um, but if God had a Twitter account, Twitter is like these short little you know little things. It, would it be something like the Proverbs, like God on high, His infinite wisdom, giving us little proverbial instructions like a Twitter account? <laughs> Y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy. It's a little crazy. Whatever. The Latin here for proverb is proverbium. It means pro, like that uh, prefix means on behalf of, and verbum means words. So one could say that a proverb is words, few words on behalf of many words. They're sayings, they're adages, they're maxims, they're short sayings based on long experience. And we have, these are things we say to each other. Like, it's it's not just an ancient thing, these Proverbs. We have American Proverbs. We say things like, uh, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Don't uh, make a mountain out of a molehill. Mole Don't throw the baby out with the... <laughs> look before you... Leap. Like we have these said they 're helpful they're encouraging they're, they're things that we say that helps keeps us on track for life's unknown direction and what we 're going to do next like well here's some sayings that can be helpful here's some wisdom and and it can be from the Lord so in this book proverbs thirty one chapters of proverbial Wisdom. It's broken up into different ways. Broken up into thirty-one chapters. Many people uh, take a proverb a day because there's usually thirty or thirty-one. February is a weird month, but there's people take one proverb for like today is June sixth this morning. Some of you, maybe some of you, I read uh, Proverbs chapter six. This is a great habit. If anybody wants a challenge, this is a great challenge. Start today, read Proverbs 6, tomorrow 7, and on and on the day of the month. Pick that day in the Proverbs and you will continuously be reading about the Lord's wisdom. Proverbs is one of these uh, five books that makes a very interesting genre in the Old Testament. It's called literature, uh, the wisdom literature, the poetic literature of the Old Testament. The books in this group are Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. These are the poetic, the wisdom literature of the Old Testament. Song of Solomon is very poetic. It's it's like a love story. It's a romance. It could be about uh, the Lord and us and this intimate relationship. It could just be about romance and waiting. Like there's this refrain that keeps coming in uh, the, the book of Song of Solomon. It's like, don't wake up love until it is ready. And it's just words of the wise about romance and romantic relationships. And then you have the Psalms. The Psalms fit into this genre. The Psalms are like us and the Lord. Uh, prayers, like how we relate to the Lord. And then we have the Proverbs. Proverbs are how we relate to one another and live a life in line with God's wisdom. But the Proverbs are not promises. What I mean by that is there's a lot of things in the Proverbs that say like, live wise and you'll be blessed. And so it's like, oh, that's a promise. We could do this. And then this happens. But oftentimes the Lord is, you know, it's just more confusing, it's more mysterious than that. Or the blessing you think you're wanting is not the one that the Lord has in store for you. I know many wise people. I know lots of wonderful Christians who live great lives, and then something happens to them, a storm comes into their life, a destruction, a something happens and they end up in a hurtful place. And it's like, well, why did that happen? Well, the other two books in this genre kind of say what to do. The book of Job, the book of Ecclesiastes are like, well, what happens when disaster strikes and you've been living wisely? Well, these two books show us, well, to keep living wisely. Wisdom is still worth following even when it doesn't work out the way you thought it would. And we trust in God even in the hard times, maybe even especially in the hard times. Point number three is this, the last point of this sermon. Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. This is another quote right out of uh, the text of Proverbs, Proverbs uh, 1, verse 7, says, Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. What's that mean? I'll explain that in a minute. And then it says, listen, my son. This whole first part of the Proverbs is like a father to his son. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Do not neglect your mother's teaching. They're like a graceful wreath on your head and beads for your neck. It's like a crown. It's like a beautiful necklace when you follow wisdom. Well, what is wisdom? How do we define wisdom? How does it start? Well, it starts with the fear of the Lord But what is it? What is wisdom? Is it just knowing stuff? I think all of us would say there's a difference between just knowing stuff, like knowing Jeopardy facts, and true wisdom, right? But what is wisdom? Well, it starts with knowing things, like information. We live in an information age, right? Um, I I was looking at an article that another pastor uh, talked about, This is pretty fascinating to me. If you're into numbers and nerdiness and stuff, that uh, online, so on the the internet, there is is so much content. Like uh, there's ideas of like how much content is on the internet. How do you break that down into bytes? And what is a byte, anyways? I don't know. I'm just kind of repeating what another pastor said. So, anyways, uh, in 2003, there was like in all of humanity has uploaded in all that we have uploaded to. The internets, we've uploaded. I like, I like, think about like all the books, all the songs, all the posts, all the blogs, all the pictures, all the videos, everything that's online that's accessible uh, up until 2003. I think about all humanity's knowledge uploaded. That gigabitage is five exabytes. What's an exabyte? Well, an exabyte is a billion gigabytes. It's just a really big number, five billion exabytes up until 2003. So all of humanity up in 2003, that's like five exabytes. And here's why I'm saying this, that today, every single day, we as humanity upload five exabytes per day. So think about like all the videos we're uploading, all the content, all the pictures, everybody in here probably has a cell phone. We're uploading things all the time. Like YouTube, there's more on YouTube than any one person could ever watch given like, I forget the number, how many lifetimes. Just forget it. Like it's, we, are up, we are in an information age, information overload, right? And so there's something to be said about information and what about knowledge well knowledge is like understanding being able to sift through this this information and then wisdom is maybe one more step like like the, the, we are overloaded with information i'm uh, at the point in my life where I can remember as a kid like before the internet before a cell phone where like two people would be talking and arguing about something and like all of us instantly in here would be like well let 's fact check it let's google it. let's Wikipedia who's right you both are arguing and we could figure it out pretty quickly like if it's like you know some sort of answer to a problem but like back back in my day <laughs> <laughs> Like we had, you had to wait till Monday for a library to open and then go get an encyclopedia book off a shelf to like figure out who's right. Which shark is the biggest shark? Cause that's the stuff I argued about when I was like, oh, it's this shark. You had to wait till Monday. Now, like the information overload that we have is that wisdom. Just knowing things, I think we'd all say, well, no, just knowing things isn't wisdom. Knowing things, information is a part of it knowledge i would say is separating it kind of putting it together and then wisdom well i would define that as like well living out truly living out because someone could be knowledgeable but not be wise right wisdom is is being led by truth true truth and actually living it out The word uh, in Hebrew that is used 125 times in the book of Proverbs for wisdom is this word hakem. And it means, in its root, it means to be skillful like a craftsman. And a craftsman, someone who makes things, like doesn't just know about it, They are able to do it. They are a skilled worker. This is the the meaning of true wisdom. Eugene Peterson, someone that I quote a lot and have a lot of respect for, modern day, uh, someone who I would say is very wise. He just passed away a couple years ago. But in his preface to the book of Proverbs, he gives this quote on what the definition of wisdom is. He says, wisdom is the art of living skillfully in every situation. So not just knowing about it, not just having information about it, but actually living out skillfully, the art of doing that is what wisdom is. And wisdom begins with what? With the fear of the Lord is what that verse says. Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. And what is this fear? I think a lot of us have like fear, like what's that? Like, like it's not like terror. There's different types of fear, right? There's kind of the respect fear that someone can have and I think it's that kind of fear because like a terror kind of fear is very different. Like if you're in the ocean, you're on a surfboard, you see a fin swim by, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Like, that's like a terror kind of like, don't put your hand in. Can I get out of here? It's fine. Oh my gosh, there's a shark. Like, that's a terror kind of fear. And I don't think that's the fear of the Lord, like as in like a respect, uh, getting your life right before the Lord. It's that kind of respect fear that is the beginning of wisdom. Like if you're a good driver, any, anybody a good driver out there? I'm like, okay, I can see a couple. I'm a good driver. Uh, I, in all my years of driving, since my dad taught me at like 15, I've only gotten one ticket. Anybody else have one ticket or less? No ticket? Are we talking to no tickets? No one? Okay, okay, good. A lot of good drivers in here. That's really, it makes me proud as your pastor that there's a lot of good drivers. So you're driving good, and you're obeying the speed limit, and you're going along, and you're using your turn signal, and you're just, you're just driving along. You're obeying all the, the rules, and then comes up behind you, a police car what do you do? You're just like, well, I just gotta... Yeah, so most of you, hopefully, you don't have illegal things and dead bodies and drugs in the car. So so none of you are like terrified. You're just like, there's a police car behind me. What do you do? Well, you just, you know, you, you keep going. You make sure your speed is is under the speed limit. You make sure to use your turn. Oh no, is my is my taillight out? No, I got my taillights fixed. You're just thinking through. It's It's a reverent kind of fear for the situation. I think it's that kind of... Ref- Fear, like a respect of the Lord. Is your life being lived rightly? And to think about that with sober judgment about your own life, it's that kind of fear. Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. And so we have in the book of Proverbs a list of all these different people. We'll get to some of these people throughout the series. This is by no means an extensive uh, full list, but there's people in the book of Proverbs like the scoffer the one who mocks and makes fun of everything. There's the fool, the one who's always just making bad decisions, usually based upon greed. There's the sluggard, the one who can't get out of bed, who's just lazy, doesn't wanna do anything. These are all like, don't be like these people. There's the naive, they're just lacking maturity. They're lacking experience. Get maturity. And eventually, there's the one whom you're supposed to be like, and that's the wise person. And if you know wise people, all of the wise people that I would say, I I know them, and and they are wise, none of them would say, I've arrived, none of them would say, I'm wise, but everyone just kind of knows it about them. It's like a crown that they're wearing, it's like a beautiful necklace that they're wearing. They hold wisdom, they hold it, and they, they live a life in such a way that's following God and trusting in Him, even though many times the ways of the world are so different than what true wisdom really is. In fact, I'm gonna close with this, that Paul, the apostle, writes uh, 1 Corinthians, and in that book, he says that there's a message. The message of the cross is, he says it's foolishness to the world, to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. Well, how can this be? Well, the the wisdom of this world is, It's often dark and it's not right. It's twisted, it's corrupted, it's greedy. But there is a wisdom that is the Lord's and we get glimpses of it. We get pieces of it. And this whole series is going to be about like these glimpses that we get through these sayings, these proverbs on how to live wisely. So would you bow your heads with me? I'm gonna invite the band to come up and, and sing, lead us in one more song. And so Lord, as we bow our head, as we prepare our hearts for, Lord, your work inside of us. Lord, what we ask of you is that you would give to us yourself. Lord, that we would ask for wisdom, that we would ask for your mercy, that we would ask for your grace. And Lord, you would give that to us, that we could be your people. You will be our God. And Lord, we pray that our eyes will be opened to the wisdom, the revelation of of who you are, that we might know you better. We might seek wisdom with our lives, not just as information, but Lord, to live it out on this earth for your glory. Lord, we seek you. Lord, we look to the cross, which this world says is foolishness. Lord, we look to it knowing that that's full wisdom. That's you, Lord, in your infinite love, shedding your body and your blood for us. So Lord, we praise you. We take a moment here just to prepare our hearts for communion.